It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Luke Inman filling in for Sam Ekstrom, who specifically told me to remind you guys, just 14 days, 8 hours, 11 minutes until the NFL draft. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and I got a mediocre score on the S2 cognitive test. I'm Arif Hassan with Pro Football Network. I designed the S2 cognitive test that Luke Braun got a mediocre score on. That explains that. (laughs) That actually checks out. Hopefully we'll get some good extra airport videos coming up on today's special draft edition of the Minnesota Football Party. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Back at it, another episode of the Minnesota Football Party, part of the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network, joined as always by Pro Football Network's Arifasan on Twitter, at Arifasan NFL. Luke Braun, host of Lockdown Vikings. Check him out on Twitter, at Luke Braun NFL. No Sam Ekstrom today, guys. He's flying somewhere warm to start working on his golf swing. That's all he told me. Cross your fingers. We get some more airport videos at some point during the show, though. I still think... To this point, that was the pinnacle of this show's existence when Sam checked in from an airport with, I don't know, how would you describe that? A strange, creepy, alter ego? What was that? What did we get from Sam there that day? Vaguely threatening? Uh, yeah, probably as close to, to that as Sam will ever get. You know, it was either that or uh, your video, Luke, from that's true before the playoff game. The, the combine videos. Yeah, the loser punishment video. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't yeah. bring it up because otherwise, like, oh, dude, we get it. Brag <laughs> yeah. about it. We oh, get I got it. you. Cool. I got you. I got you. No, I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> Coming up, I want both your thoughts on this new S2 cognition test everyone's talking about. And then later on, an all defensive draft, which I think is going to be a lot of fun because I'm super curious what kind of strategies you two are going to roll out and just kind of what your game plans are going to look like. Before we jump into all that, though, remember this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, guys, first things first, everyone's kind of buzzing about this new S2 cognition test, which apparently the the new hot thing when it comes to evaluating a player's cognitive capacity as it relates to high-speed decision-making. I know Peter Schrager, he had one of the co-founders on a show a few days ago. He described it as a 45-minute test where you sit in front of a specialized gaming system that was specifically built for millisecond precision and object tracking. Because obviously in football, you have to keep track of multiple objects on the field at the same time, no matter what position you play. So um, I know everyone's heard of Brock Purdy at this point. He crushed this thing last year. Obviously, it didn't really move his draft stock much. He still goes with the very last pick in the draft. But once we saw him actually out on the field, 
guy kind of balled out. So now you got some people kind of taking this thing as gospel at this point. What more do you guys know about this thing? Do we know anyone from this year's class that has scored well on it? And I guess at the end of the day, I mean, there's been a lot of tests like this around for years and years. Is this just kind of the new glorified wonderlick test at this point? Or do you think the NFL may have actually found something here? Reef, let's start with you. Yeah, I, I think that we have to be really careful about this kind of stuff just because there's always going to be some company that offers uh, kind of a magic bullet or a solution or even just a, a helpful tool, which is, I think, what they pitch this as, um, that could bear out or could not bear out, right? You always have to be kind of careful with the way that I've seen it kind of pitched and marketed. And I'm going to say marketed because it's very difficult to find people who have like the expertise to kind of push back on this stuff. I'm going to be talking to a couple of them in the next couple of days. Hopefully, we'll get, you know, kind of a fuller picture of this sort of thing. But, um, um, when you take a look at interviews that have been written and there's some really great stories written, I don't, I don't want to like malign anybody who's like talked to the founders and wrote up some of this stuff, but it, it kind of belies to me a, a misunderstanding of what we know. Again, I'm not an academic. I don't even have a college degree. Right. So I could be wrong, but, um, it, 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 it it betrays a, a misunderstanding of what we know about visual processing and stuff like that. And I think they're, they're like zhuzhing up a lot of this, like this specialized gaming computer that can, you know, that's built for tracking and two millisecond response times. That's just a gaming computer, mm -hmm. right? Like when you buy a, a laptop or a desktop or a computer, the components that you select will allow you to reduce the latency and response time. So you can get, for example, a monitor with a high refresh rate. That is the number of times the monitor refreshes the image on the screen to update it with new visual information and a low latency, which is the amount of time it takes for an input to translate to something on the monitor. And you can buy monitors with one millisecond or lower uh, latency. You can buy monitors with 250 hertz refresh time. Uh, and uh, you, all, all of the peripherals that you're using will also have to have low latency and a high polling rate, which is how quickly they can, you know, uh, transmit a new piece of data to the machine. Um, and you can do that with uh, a keyboard and a mouse and all that. And, and so to call it like a specialized game computer, yeah, it's kind of expensive, but this is all consumer grade hardware. Like I could, if I had $2,500, maybe I could, I could build a computer just like, so it's a very weird to talk about it like that. Um, so I, that makes, that's the first kind of alarm bell for me. And then they talk about how, um, you know, in their testing, they have found stuff that defies the literature in terms of how quickly athletes have the ability to process visual data. And again, that kind of contradicts what we know about uh, human cognition, visual processing. So, for example, they say, you know, these people can 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 determine some new interesting piece of data that uh, that's only in the screen for like 16 a milliliter, 16 one thousandths of a second, 16 milliseconds, mm -hmm. which is the fastest amount of time in the literature. And it's like, talk to an esports professional, honestly. Like right. the, 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 yeah. uh, the, the testing that's been done on uh, and, and independent testing, really good testing, some really whatever testing, but even like popular YouTube channels like Linus Tech Tips, for example, have done a pretty good job of determining that, in fact, there is a huge difference between a 60 hertz uh, refresh rate monitor, a 120 hertz refresh rate monitor, 144 hertz refresh rate monitor. Mm -hmm. And that translates to frame times of about 12 milliseconds all the way down to eight milliseconds. And there's a difference in performance when you move up refresh rates for professionals. And so Already we know that there's something kind of weird about the way that they're talking about the athletes that are testing well on the data, about the way that they're selling the data, and what their own expertise is in designing a test like that. That said, there's some interesting stuff that's come out. You asked if there are some interesting scores that have been leaked. Here's another problem. We're relying on leaks. 
they're already contradictory leaks. Right. So for example, right. So for example, Bryce Young, in theory, Albert Breer reported that Bryce Young scored a 98, which is, I think, the highest in, in the draft this year. That's higher than, than Brock Purdy, who was the highest last year. Mm. Um, but I also saw a report from Aaron Wilson that he actually scored a 93. There's also a report mm. that Will Levis scored, both excellent scores, by the way. Will Levis apparently scored a 93. You know, he, he's, he's really high up there. Um, but, you know, and, and Anthony Richardson scored pretty high. And then I've seen two conflicting reports that CJ Stroud scored high and scored low. We also don't know what it means to score high or score low. I saw a report unsubstantiated. Don't know if it's true. Remember, these are all leaks mm -hmm. uh, that, that that Trevor Lawrence scored in the 70s. Is that low or high? I don't know. In that athletic article that I referenced by Matt Barrows, again, I encourage people to read it. It's fantastic. Um, they mentioned that they took a bunch of quarterbacks that had a passer rating above 90 and they tested them and they all scored in the 80th percentile or 90th percentile and, and higher. They all scored really high in the 90s, right? Uh, and then uh, the quarterbacks, so there was like 13 quarterbacks, then like the 14 quarterbacks who had a pass rating below 90 scored uh, in the 60s. And I have a question about that. How many quarterbacks in the modern NFL score below a 90? What, right. what uh, have, a, have a lower passer rating than 90? The passer ratings have gone up, right? Um, I also wonder about kind of self-selecting for this data. I also wonder about using it for a prospect versus using it for an NFL player. They mentioned that Drew Brees, for example, scored like a 97 or something insane like that. Well, the S2 test wasn't designed until 2015. Drew Brees took that test while he was in the NFL. Mm. I don't know how translatable that is right. to a prospect coming into the NFL. I don't know how much or how well you can train this. And one of the issues that I have is that the way that the eye perceives data is is different for every single context. For example, visual peripheral information is processed a lot differently than visual information right in front of us. And also, we have we do know that, for example, what we are looking for when we're processing data is a little bit different. So, for example, if you're asked to recognize an object, that will take you longer than recognizing that there is a difference between two images, right? Mm. And so saying someone can process something quickly in, in, a, in a short response time doesn't tell us the type of information they're processing. Plus, they're processing discrete images on a computer screen, right? And so right. If, if you see a triangle pop-up versus a square pop-up, that's two discrete images. They're two completely different images. On a football field, it's a bunch of continuous images with slight subtle changes, right? A defender is here, then a defender is here. That is a continuous image that you are continuing to process. So your brain can take shortcuts. It doesn't have to fill in all the information. It's only looking for differences. This is, in fact, actually how video compression works. The video compression uh, in computers is designed to take a look at differences in data from frame to frame. Your eye, it, the science tells us at least, says that actually it's doing something pretty similar to that, right? Mm. And so I, I don't know how useful this test is. I don't know if the data that they're releasing is actually all that indicative uh, of something that is helpful to us, but maybe it's all that. I just We just have to be a little bit skeptical about these things because we are buying some marketing without anybody pushing back and then being able to push back against that pushback right We're not you bring up a, a of ideas yeah you know you bring up a ton it of could great be good. points yeah it could be good a lot of reasons to be skeptical at this point will we ever have these questions answered or is it just because it's such a small sample size right now we just need to see this thing play out a few more years and then kind of see right now it's such a small, small sample, sample size obviously a small yeah. sample yeah okay and, yeah listen to this co-founder on peter schrager specifically like basic lab testing in the past would have a player track three or four objects for like 10 to 15 seconds at a time. 
Obviously, that's not how football works. So, right, like a standard play on average, about three to five seconds. And that's where they got a little bit more sophisticated. They duplicated how many objects were on the screen at any given time that, you know, a quarterback or a safety is going to have to dissect and then measured how quickly a cornerback and a wide receiver moved across the field. And that's how they displayed it on the screen in just quick little increments, you know, those two to five second increments. So I'm just interested, again, kind of as you just mentioned, how this all plays out Brock Purdy's success last year. And just keep it in mind, too, like Brock Purdy got to play under Kyle Shanahan in the Shaney system. Right, yeah. He was loaded with weapons around him. So definitely have to keep that into the conversation as well and consider that, too. But with so much instant success and such a small sample size, how is this going to impact Bryce Young and apparently maybe Will Levis in this year's draft, because I don't think young stock can get any higher at this point, really. I mean, he's either going one. If he he ain't going one, he's going two. But, you know, if what young goes one, and then all of a sudden Houston or maybe Indy trades up to two with Houston and takes Will Levis, if, in fact, he did score that high or higher than most, that could be a huge sign the NFL is starting to put a lot of stock into this thing. I know we don't have a ton of time. I want to mention one last thing. I don't mm-hmm. know if this study was replicated, so take it with a grain of salt, but there was a study about whether or not chess players have better memory than non-chess players. And it turns out that um, it, it turns out that when you set up a board, again, I don't know if this is replicated or if it's a good study. It might just be pop science. But it turns out that when you set up a board of chess pieces and put them randomly in a way that a chess game could not produce, or it's like an impossible checkmate or something, it's like an impossible position in a chess game, uh, beginners or non-chess players were exactly as good at remembering the board as grandmasters and international masters. Um, whereas if you had set up the board in a way that is logical for a chess game to progress, that this is a position that you can arrive at in a chess game, uh, grandmasters and international masters were, were like 10 times better, substantially, wow. gr- incredibly better at being able to memorize that information than non-chess players, which I think also tells me that there could be some limits to non-domain-specific cognitive testing, which is to say recognizing shapes on a screen and Mm. how it applies to domain testing, like being able to play football well. So I I just there's a lot here that's kind of worth digging into. Sorry, I know we don't have a ton of time to cover this. No, no, no. That's phenomenal information. No, that's phenomenal information. That's the most I've heard it broken down at this point than outside of 30, 60 second clips. Just listening again to that co-founder interview on Peter Schrager. Uh, Luke, just real quick, as we wrap up 30, 60 seconds, I know you're kind of like me, just don't know a ton about it at this point. Does it pique your interest at all? Are you a little skeptical? Like Arif mentioned, we probably should be at this point. Are you kind of on the fence right now? Because there's been tests like this around for years and years and years. Yeah, this is the first real in-depth I've ever heard about it. I've kind of just started hearing about it now. Um, And listening to everything Arif said, yeah, I'm like very skeptical Mm -hmm. because intelligence can play out in a lot of different ways. And it's absolutely the kind of thing where you can be really good at identifying the difference in a shape really quickly. Um, But the, like the thing Arif was saying about continuous motion and all that, but also continuous motion, you're not throwing between a triangle and a square. You're throwing between a purple Jersey with a, 16 on it and a purple jersey with an 18 on it which can be different like yeah i don't know when it comes to trying to like measure anything in the world of like intelligence or or cognition people's brains are so diverse that it's so hard to come up with something but hey after a bunch of data banks up we can kind of be more objective about that it it could provide some signal through through noise for sure 
Also, it looks yeah, like, but like Luke the... has read some Stephen Jay Gould. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but like the the a- any measure like this, like anything we do in the draft, it, it change what they do at the combine. Any new measure we have will take many years to bank up a data set over the long term before we know if it's any good or not. Yeah, yeah, totally. Had Purdy not had so much success last year in year one, I don't think there would be as much of a discussion as we're hearing right now. And again, like you just mentioned, until we get that bigger sample size, I think just right now, it's a, it's a cool concept right now. Maybe has the potential to change the way we look at scouting guys just far too early to tell quite yet. Before we jump into the all-defensive draft, don't forget we're presented by FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Locked On, America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. T-Wolves taking on the Thunder Friday night. One last chance to sneak into the playoffs. That spread currently sitting at Wolves by five. Get in on all the action at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. And remember, if you're a new customer, Try out the no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, download the easy to use FanDuel app and get your winnings instantly. Money lines, parlays, prop bets. FanDuel's got everything you need to close out the NBA season's final stretch. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Um, all right, we got a fun one today. Really cool exercise I want to get into. One I will admit right off the bat, I didn't come up with on my own. I got this one from a, one of my favorite draft shows out there with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks on the Move the Sticks podcast. And they had an all-defense draft picking players from this year's class only. So we're going to go 11 rounds, so 33 picks total. And we're each going to build a starting defensive unit. And you can build this thing however you'd like. And again, I think it's going to be great to for people listening at home, way to hear some new names and where we have some guys ranked a little bit higher outside of the top tier guys. Because, you know, if we each draft two safeties, that's six safeties. This safety group is kind of muddled a little bit, kind of scattered bunch this year. So just where we have some guys ranked, I think it's a great chance for people listening at home just to jot a few potential Vikings targets down along the way. Um, If you're listening at home, I'll try my best to just recap the picks every so often. If you're watching, I'm going to try to throw some visuals up here, obviously, in post-production so you can follow along a little bit better too. I'll go last, snake style, obviously, snake format. Uh, paper, rock, scissors. You want to guess a number? What do you guys want to do? Let's guess a number. I don't okay, I got a number in my head. One, yeah. two, let's go one to 50. All right. Uh, On the count of three. One, two, three, go. One, five. Two, Sorry. three, go. <laughs> two. He said 25. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, are we doing prices right style? No. Oh, okay, uh, it's so funny. Luke got it, but Arif oh, really a actually had it. It was 23, the Vikings draft pick. Oh, nice. And Luke, Arif originally <laughs> had it and then bailed out. That's so funny. Oh, that's really All funny. right, so Luke, you got the 1-1, then it'll go Arif, and then I'll have back-to-back. Pull out your spreadsheets here. I'll try to keep track here as we go. I don't have, like, a, a major list. I think we all know kind of the top five, six, seven at each position at this point. What's your mindset right now with the 1-1 pick here, Luke? I'm going chalk. I'll take Will Anderson. Willie. I'm not going to overthink this. Willie Anderson. Safe pick. Safe and probably sexy. You went safe and sexy. Get your edge rusher out of the way. Arif, number two pick. You going chalk as well? 
Yeah, but I think actually my pick is going to be a little bit better than Will Anderson. I would have considered Jalen Carter at number one. And the reason for that is because there's just a little bit more edge talent at the top here than there is uh, defensive line talent. And so I think that the the differences between, um, you know, as we get further down the list, I think the defensive line group is going to look a little bit thinner. So I'm actually pretty happy with this. No, I agree. I think this uh, defensive line group is going to get thin pretty quick, but now I just don't love the value at this point. And I feel like I had a growing suspicion these two guys were going to go one and two right off the bat. Yeah. Um, knowing how stacked and deep cornerback is, I don't really love taking my first two picks at cornerback, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to go Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon back to back. That's going to wow. be my starting point, and wow. that's where I'm going to go. And uh, Arif, you're back on the clock. Yeah, that, I was going to select an edge rusher to kind of make up for it, but I mean now, you know, oh, yeah, no. now. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. they're running. I'm putting the pressure on yeah. you too, even though run. again it's that's deep, it's loaded. You don't have to hit the panic button quite yet. You can still yes, wait I a little do. bit. But now I'm, that you I'm know, right now, now maybe <laughs> I started the run. Yep. Yeah. Did I start the run here on cornerbacks here early? I suspect Luke will not select a corner, at least not two corners with his snake on this one, just because of the differences in value here. But I'm absolutely taking Joey Porter Jr. There's no question about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we have top, we have a top three cornerback group. And so I'm going to take the third one. Joey Porter <laughs> Jr. Low run on cornerbacks now here going after yeah. Will Anderson one, Jalen Carter two. back to you, Luke with back-to-back picks. It is amazing how not only is there kind of a talent cliff at cornerback, but there's kind of a talent cliff in general here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. As we, we're kind of down to like edge rushers and, and then you're going to guys that are like late first round picks all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and that's so what I think I where guess... it's going to get interesting, where we have all these kind of middle tier guys. And you hear it a lot every year, but this year specifically, once you get past this quote unquote top tier blue chip camp or whatever, I don't know, picks... 12 through gosh i'll even say 30 40 kind of all seem to be somewhat in the realm i should say mm-hmm. of uh kind of being graded out somewhat similar i'll take tyree wilson who kind of crazy that he fell all the way past this right he's second edge rusher on the board so i got both my edge rushers um and you know blue chip guys right that mm-hmm. People are even some some people are even mocking Tyree Wilson at, at at three to the Cardinals instead of someone like Anderson or Carter. Um, and then with the second one, I really do want a corner, but man, it does feel like I'm just at the at the wrong end of a of a big old talent cliff. So maybe I can keep this uh, keep a little bit of value, and ah, uh, you know, what? I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to take Kalijah Kansi. I get it. I get it. I get it. I think it's not great, but I get it. This defensive tackle class, I mean, great tight end class, great running back class every year. This defensive tackle class just seems to get really thin really quick, doesn't it? Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, like Brian Breesy or somebody, Mozzie Smith, but I feel like he's more of a second round guy. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, just for context, Kalijah Kansi who I suspect will will raise his grade in the next couple of days. But right now, the industry consensus has him at 32. So that's just some context. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand where he's going, given like the relative depth of the class and the upside that Kansi has. Like, I get it. But it's just like, that's kind of the choices that we're kind of being forced to make. It feels here. bad. Yeah. I mean, I good. I want you to feel bad. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Um, no, that's good. 
Yeah, yeah, great, 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 great. <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Miles Murphy here. Um, Boy, you guys are killing that's just, me. That's just, Man. I think that's kind of the obvious pick at this point because I don't have two edge rushers. Luke did. That's why the, that's why he couldn't pick Miles Murphy. So, so this is really interesting now because uh, just like Luke felt at cornerback, I just feel like I, there's just what am I gonna do now? Take Lucas Van Ness? Am I gonna feel great about that? Not really. No, um, maybe Nolan Smith, I suppose. I, I do need an edge rusher here. I mean, it's really thin, really quick. Or, or I commit to the bit here, and I bit. take what I think is clearly the best at his position and just a really weird kind of scattered group this year at safety. I'm going to take Brian Branch. Okay, okay. And I don't know if he's going to be my safety or my corner, but I'm going to take Brian Branch here. Yeah, I was like, is Luke going to pick Brian Branch? That would make sense. I meant Luke Braun, but I guess it's Luke. I thought about it. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I'm going Brian Branch. And then then coming back, I, I do need one of these defensive ends. You took Murphy. Give me Nolan Smith. I'll go Nolan Smith. The combine ah, stud. Give me Nolan Smith. Dang. Arif, you got one D tackle, one D head. I was afraid yeah. maybe Nolan Smith would go. So Brian Branch and Nolan Smith. And back to Arif here, who's got Jalen Carter, Joey Porter Jr., and Miles Murphy. Two D linemen and one cornerback. This is this is a real tough spot to be in, I think. Um and we're all in a tough spot, I guess. So yeah. Distribute the pain. Um I am going to wait on edge rusher, I think. Oh, gosh, I hate this. <laughs> um, I, 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 I think, it's, it's I'm, I think I'm comfortable with how kind of the rest of these positions will kind of play out a little bit, a little bit comfortable with it. Not very confident, but, you know, um, I am going to dip into the late 20s, early 30s pick drew sanders linebacker alabama oh wow nice wow. pick nice pick luke back to back will anderson the one one pick Kyrie wilson pick. two stud edge rushers and then kalijah Kansi. you've gone all in the trenches d line what are you going to do back to back with your fourth and fifth pick build out some secondary i thought arif was going to take deontay banks i like deontay banks i love deontay yeah. banks i'm going to take deontay banks all right i love Cam smith i'm going to go back to back corners here build out yeah. that secondary Cam Smith, you said? Those are my two favorite corners left. Yep. Uh, I love these top four cornerbacks, guys. Gonzalez, Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr. and Banks. I just love those guys. Just such a great, fun, deep I just, of cornerback. I just knew that I like. I, I was going to come out with a cornerback that wasn't bad. Uh, Correct. What, what, it's what all about value, right? right? Name and, of the game, yeah, not just in this exercise, but draft weekend. Value, right? So so this is this is when I make that move. This is when I take uh, Keely Ringo to pair with Joey Porter. So I'm going to go Trenton Simpson here. And then coming back, I still need some defensive line help big time. I'm going to go Brian Brzee. Mm-hmm. Seems to be – where's he at on the consensus board? Seems to 21. be – 21. That was a good value. Okay. Seems to be a guy that – most people have in that middle late first round somewhere. So I feel fine with that value back to you, Arif. You've got Jalen Carter, Joey Porter, Jr. Miles Murphy, Drew Sanders, and Keely Ringo, two corners, one linebacker and two defensive linemen. Yeah. Let's finish out that cornerback group. I'm grabbing Clark Phillips, the third. Okay. Back to Luke back to back picks. I have not taken a linebacker yet. Uh, Jack Campbell's still there, right? Oh yeah, he is. 58. I'll take him. I have not, I have not done a lot of work on the linebackers at all, uh, but 
Uh, he's the next guy left. He's the next Celtic. guy, right? I mean, even the consensus board will tell you that. I'm assuming Arif, like, clearly. Yeah, he's, the, he's the next linebacker on the consensus board. Some positions gets a lot more muddled than others at this point, but clearly those are your top three linebackers, I think, in this draft class. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack yeah. Campbell, good pick. Got your linebacker out of the way. All right. Uh, pick number seven of 11. And I think we are uh, cleanly into second round picks here. So I feel pretty comfortable with a guy like Mossy Smith from Michigan. Oh, we're, we're super totally... crazy athletic profile. Yeah, yeah I was, that's, that sucks. I was hoping to get him on, on the, on the, he's really round. fun. Um, Luke, you bring up a great point at this point now with about, you know, 18, 20 guys off the board, all on one side of the ball. We're in go get your guys country. Like yeah, it's just, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and a reef kind of kicked it off with Clark Phillips. Like there's some other options out there, but go get your guys. You know, you love Clark Phillips. Yeah. Like I do, like all of us do actually. We've talked about yeah, him. We, last all, week we all like him. I just, I have concerns, but yeah, third, sure. by third quarter, I'm happy. <laughs> absolutely absolutely so jack campbell uh, mazzy smith back to back back to you a reef with your that leaves me pick. with the last first friend on the consensus board uh lucas van ness oh nice pick yeah i know that, that honestly yeah. feels like the steal of the draft so far i mean we're hearing rumors he could go top 10 eight to the falcons and for him to fall this far in the draft is pretty crazy um that sucks because you really sniped me there i was definitely Definitely targeted him with my other edge. Um, now I feel like I can definitely wait on edge. Not much value there. I'm very curious what you guys are going to do at safety here. I just, I, I feel like it's all over the map with these guys. I look at this list and I just, nobody really pops out. I'm going to go back to the cornerback well, and I'm going to go with, he's just one of my guys, Julius Brands, Kansas State. <sighs> you took Mazzy Smith. Yeah, the Mazziano Benton. I need a D yeah. tackle. I don't yeah. love the value. Seems to be a sure. top forty-ish rumored kind of guy, but Keanu Benton just to fill out my uh, defensive tackle interior defensive tackle with Brian Brzee. Back to you, Arif. All right, so yeah, I think then that, that means I can wait on defensive tackle, right? Because you both have two, so I'll wait a little bit. Um, that forces uh, forces is the wrong word. That highly encourages me to pick probably the only safety left of the second round grade, Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M. If I remember correctly, the first mock draft you did over at Pro Football Network, I don't know, two and a half months ago, mm-hmm. I think you plugged the Vikings in with Antonio Johnson, safety, Texas A&M. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you don't even remember. It's so long ago. I don't but... remember, but that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. We'll go with that. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think I had, if I remember correctly, I, I had them trade down so I could get a second round pick to grab a corner. That sounds right, because I remember yeah. is like right at the end of round one, I feel like. Yeah. All right, yeah. back to back um, with Trading with Buffalo, so Buffalo could get Bijan. That was it. Oh, that's what it was. You're right. Um, just a quick recap here, a little quick timeout. Goes 1-1, Will Anderson, then Tyree Wilson. Willie Anderson. Willie Anderson. (laughs) Kalijah Kansi, number three. So bang, 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 all defensive linemen. Then he goes Deontay Banks, Cam Smith, cornerback, cornerback. Jack Campbell for his linebacker. Mazzy Smith for his other defensive tackle. That's a stacked trench unit right there. Your defensive linemen, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Kalijah Kansi, and Mazzy Smith. Uh, So I'm going to round out my cornerback room, I guess. And take DJ Turner out of Michigan. Um, nice dedicated slot. So I actually feel pretty good about that group. And especially its flexibility. I think a lot of those guys can kind of move around the formation, around the field, and I can have some control over matchups, which is nice. Mm. Um, and then now it's rough out there because I need a linebacker and two safeties with my last couple picks or something like that. 
And I am at the top of talent glyphs, at least per the consensus board, pretty bad in both uh, areas. So I guess I'll just kind of close my eyes and pick one. Jordan Battle. I actually yeah, like Jordan Battle. Yeah, I like him. Also, I, I think he's player. getting slept down quite a bit. I'm not saying he's going to be a pro bowler or an absolute stud for 12 years, but uh, I just don't hear his name mentioned at all yeah. with these safeties. Yeah. You know, never but, feel too bad about a Bama safety. And I just feel like every time safeties gets brought up, obviously Brian Branch right away. Sidney Brown seems to be like one of the next guys that gets brings up. Jair Brown, Jamie Robinson. Some yeah. people said at a good senior bowl, but um, you just don't hear Jordan Battle a ton. That's all. So I like that pick. Back to you, Arif. Just a quick recap. Jalen Carter, Joey Porter Jr., Miles Murphy, Drew Sanders, Keely Ringo, Clark Phillips, maybe the steal of the draft, Lucas Van Ness in the seventh round, and Antonio Johnson, your first safety. What do you still need here? What are you looking at? What are you targeting? Uh, so for like a, a fairly traditional uh, nickel defense, I would need a linebacker, a nose tackle, and a safety. Those are the mm-hmm. three I have left. Um, the concern I have is that uh, – we nobody has filled out linebacker, so I think I have to kind of move there. Uh, I'm going to get uh, Wazoo's Diane Henley. What do you know about him, or just like two or three bullet points about him? I've heard him get flung out a few times. I haven't watched any tape though. Yeah, I mean, so like 232 pounds is kind of like a normal uh, linebacker size. I uh, had to play uh, coverage a lot. Um, I just I don't have like a ton of information on him. I know that you know he tested all right because I've been putting in. Uh, all of that information, all the data in his athleticism score is fairly high, a four five, a 40 yard dash, a 35 vertical. It's like it's it's a good um, kind of baseline to work off of. He's got special teams experience. I just know that on the field, he he moves really quickly. Um, I just know that like from um, an instinct point of view, there's a little bit of work to do. I know that he's got like kind of coverage traits that should uh, that that should allow him to fare um fairly well but it's also just like i think there's kind of a lot of projection with this guy in coverage he's played very well against the run and Mm -hmm. and like like i said he's tested fairly well as an athlete at 232 pounds i don't know what kind of base defenses you guys are rolling with but i think i'm just going to take advantage of the depth and i think i'm just going to roll out a dime defense that's just what i'm going to do i'm just going to roll out a dime i get it i get it i'm just going to play play to the strengths of this class i'm going to roll out a dime defense um, I'm going to take Tyreek Stevenson from Miami with that dime. It just, now I can just roll out Trenton Simpson. I, I don't need another linebacker per se. I do need another safety though, for sure. And I guess I'll go Sidney Brown. If he's still there, Sidney Brown, the Illinois safety. Oh, that's annoying. Sidney Brown, plug him in next to that was my Ryan branch. And back to you, Arif, two picks left here to round out this squad. And this is kind of where you can kind of have some flexibility and determine what kind of, I guess, base defense, quote unquote, we're having fun here, but kind right. of base defense you want to run here. Yeah, no, this is this is like pretty tough because uh, I was kind of honed in on um, on Sidney Brown just because of the athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, he tested really well, and so he's somebody I was kind of interested in. The other safeties that we have left are not like remarkable testers. Um, so man, I'm in a, I'm in a tough spot. Uh, I wonder, I wonder if any of these corners I can convert to safety. I'd be comfortable with that. 
right? That's where the wheels start to go spinning a little bit. Who's got some position flexibility here a little bit? Who's some of these safeties that have maybe played a lot of nickel? You start to look for some versatility right, right here at this point. Yeah, this is, God, these these are not athletes. And you know me, I, I love to go after athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, I'm just I'm taking a quick look at a scouting report here. Just real quick. <laughs> On who? Please, you have to tell us now who it is, whether you pick them or not. You just got to tell. Okay, uh, I was trying to see if uh, the Stanford cornerback uh, Q Blue Kelly mm-hmm. uh, could convert. I guess uh, based off of what I'm looking at, I guess not. Okay. So I'm well, glad you looked. Really glad you yeah. read that then. Thanks, uh, Dane Brugler or whoever <laughs> scouting report you're reading right there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, Are you looking for corners who can convert? Can convert to safety? Yeah, that's what I was looking at. Because a lot of people are talking about that with Keely Ringo. Uh, yeah, I, I want him at corner. <laughs> um, Fair enough. I, just, I, I don't uh, think it's a good idea either. But <laughs> yeah, I, Julius Brents the, the, the was maybe a, a guy as well. I don't well. want a straight line safety. Yeah. Um, yeah. Julius Brents yeah, is just such enough. a good safety. I feel like or just such a good corner. I just feel like I'd be doing yeah. him a disservice. Right. All right. Um, I got it. I'll, I'll grab a JL Skinner from Boise State. Pretty go. good athlete uh, based off of his testing um estimated testing um and uh really good length really good height um has both uh tackling capability uh in the run game has played a lot of center fielder has a bunch of uh great uh production numbers on ball production numbers um so yeah I, I think that especially if we can keep him a little bit further away um i think that he's probably the best safety left out of this group all right back to you luke your last two picks what are you looking at who are you targeting right here so you piqued my interest with this whole like dime thing, um, but I kinda think I'm going to go a little fun, more Kind of fun, isn't it? Kind of fun. We cover a team. We cover a team that employs Brian Flores. This is absolutely in the cards. Throwing a whole bunch of random DBs out there, mm-hmm. and you know having those guys do like linebacker thing like that is very Belichick tree. Brian Flores himself does that a lot too. I am going to take uh, Demarvian Overshone out of Texas, who is Ooh. sort of that tweener type. Um, kind of a uh, Swiss Army knife player. Uh, I'll call him a linebacker, uh, but I'll put him around the formation, have him play more uh, diverse roles, and then I'll pair him with an actual safety, but I don't know any more safeties. So <laughs> it gets thin thinking? quick, man. It's like, yeah, pick your flavor, I guess, go get your guys in a way, but like, who are your guys at this point? And that's why I thought this I, would be interesting. Just one, you know, the Vikings don't have a second round pick. All right. And not necessarily that they're targeting a safety per se, but once we get into this third, fourth day, three kind of projections and picks, what names for people listening at home to kind of write down or remember. I'll just helmet scout. I'll take the Georgia dude, Christopher Smith. Chris Smith. Chris Smith the second, I believe. Chris Smith yeah, from Chris Georgia. Smith two. Chris Smith. Good pick. So Will Anderson, the one one. Kyrie Wilson, Kalijah Kansi goes D line. Bang, bang, bang. Deontay Banks, Cam Smith, back to back cornerbacks. Jack Campbell, linebacker from Iowa. Mazzy Smith to round out your defensive line. DJ Turner, Jordan Battle, your first safety. Demarvian Overshone from Texas. A little Swiss Army knife there. Gonna have some fun. Then Chris Smith. Your mystery relevant safety from Georgia. What do you think of your squad? You had the one one pick. Usually people who have the one one pick love their squad. Do you love it? Do you I like it? Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I have probably the two best edge rushers on the board. Oh, you do. I feel great. I feel great about my cornerback room. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't like 
Keely Ringo very much at all. So I'm glad somebody else got him. Like I feel very good about <laughs> my guys. Uh, I even feel like in the late rounds, I've got a little bit of versatility. I've got a, a nice diversity of skills. So, you know, I've got a big DT in Mozzie Smith. I've got a small DT in Kalaja Kansi. I feel great. Arif, your mystery relevant. Drum roll, please. Um, so I've been considering this for a little bit. There's just not that many nose tackles in this class. So, There's not. Uh, so I was pretty happy that you took two, probably I would consider three techniques, Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I mean, Keanu Benton is like big enough that you can maybe slide him at the nose. And no, I, I, I'm I, not arguing that at all. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. Mazzy Smith was going to be my pick. And, yeah, and he, so, so we all wanted Mazzy Smith, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to go with a giant. I'm going to go Siaki Ika from Baylor. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has a lot more mobility than you'd expect out of a 330-pounder. My team probably wants him down to 320, but I also don't rely on him for pass rush, right? I've got Drew Sanders, who's just a phenomenal pass rusher from the edge. I've got Antonio Johnson, who's got the ability to blitz. I know Dion, uh, Dion Henley uh, has blitzed a fair amount. You know, I, I've got a lot of people who are capable of blitzing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also pretty happy with that cornerback group. I know that Luke doesn't like Keely Ringo, but he's my second corner, right? I've got Joey Porter right. and Keely Ringo. And so I right. can build some matchups there that I'm really happy with. And if I have like, uh, you know, quickness issues with guys on the outside, I can just play Clark Phillips on the outside or, you know, if I've got, you know, some slot problems that, that because Keely Ringo's skill set's not going to be able to cover that, which again, I understand. Um, Antonio Johnson is a bunch of nickel um experience so i've got a lot of coverage for a bunch of different team types and player types on my team i've got a lot of different pass rush options and i am really confident i've got the best run defending group in this with like miles murphy and siaki Ika and mm-hmm. lucas van ness i'm really confident i've got like the best run defending group of this of this entire um of this entire lineup and i'm really happy with my pass coverage options it's a really stacked squad. And again, I think still the draft for me anyways, Lucas Van Ness lasted in the seventh round. That was a great pick. So when that happened and I already taken Nolan Smith, once you took Lucas Van Ness, I kind of waited on DNs. I still need one last D end. Um, and it's down to, for me, Will McDonald from Iowa state or the Northwestern kid who will all still admit at this point in the draft process. I cannot pronounce his name. Somebody help me on the Northwestern kid. That guy blew up the combine. Um, well, uh, right? No, no, no. I mean, Luke, you're, you're an expert at this, right? Luke Braun? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the expert. Yeah. Yeah. Just curious. Well, what was that language? Nigerian? Is that right, Luke? The Nigerian <laughs> language? Is that what that is? Yeah. Babatunde right. Ayagbuse. Yeah, we got <laughs> that like one that. down. Something yeah. like that. All right. Give me the Northwestern kid. I love Will McDonald. A little bit smaller, though. Give me the Northwestern kid. Blew up the combine. Crazy height, weight, speed guy. And I'll pair him up with Nolan Smith, two combine freaks. And that'll be my mystery relevant. All right, guys. All defensive draft. Pretty fun. I was curious to see what kind of. Again, just kind of scheme flexibility or just kind of base, quote-unquote, defense you were guys were going to go with. I try to take advantage, again, as just a stacked cornerback group and just really also the lack of linebackers as well. So I went with four cornerbacks plus Brian Branch. Um, what kind of defensive schemes are your teams running? Uh, Arif, start with you. What kind of base scheme are you going to try to uh, deploy? Is, uh, more, more downs than not, obviously. Can't do it yeah, every play, right. but more downs than not. Yeah, you'll do what you can. Like you'll, you'll occasionally, I'll have Drew Sanders line up on the edge, right? But um, this is just a this is a really classic four three under. Um, you've got Miles Murphy as kind of the the big edge on one side. If you need to kick him inside and have Drew Sanders play uh, as as an edge rusher, you can. 
Um, but for the most part, it's just a classic, um, you know, four, three under where you've got, you know, a nickel out there with Clark Phillips. Um, I would prefer, you know, man coverage, heavy blitzing with this group. Um, I'm going to have to rely on JL Skinner and Antonio Johnson at safety to kind of cover up for mistakes there. Um, but I'm pretty comfortable with that. So it's going to be a blitz heavy man coverage group, um, that is going to have obviously match options that are going to allow them to kind of pick up stuff if they need to in quarters. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's going to be kind of like a somewhat trying to think of the four, three under, uh, man coverage or man match coverage schemes that exist across the NFL. I'm coming up a blank right now. Maybe the Bengals a little bit. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe the Bengals. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a, that was a phenomenal breakdown by the way of just this fake fantasy team. We just, uh, all of a sudden drafted <laughs> in the last 15 minutes and you're already like not in training camp. You're in like week three of preseason <laughs> with the playbook already like getting deep in the X's and O's. I absolutely love it. Um, tough to follow that up, but what kind of defensive scheme is this lineup running for you guys? I mean, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> I've, I've got a very classic four, three under defensive line. I've got, you know, it kind of depends. You could call it dime. You could call it like classic, you know, nickel man personnel, depending on what you want to call overshone. Um, but I like having the versatility there, but yeah, seems like I'll play a little bit of man match coverage. Um, maybe a little bit of shadowing, depending on if I have some matchups I like, I've got, uh, I like the body types that I have at cornerback, the flexibility that I have at cornerback. Uh, but yeah, pretty classic four three. I was kind of I, I did have Brian Flores in mind a little bit, at least on the back end, in terms of the kind of types of guys that I wanted. On the front end, it's a little bit less flexible than I think he usually is. These guys are a little bit more specialized. Um, but yeah, kind of classic four three stuff for me as well. I love it. I don't know about you guys. That was a lot of fun. Maybe if we get Sam back next week, we can do an offensive draft or maybe just some sort of draft. I also got draft trivia coming up next week for you guys as well. Need the whole squad back for that, though. We've got to get all four of us back in one room together to be able to bust that draft trivia out. Uh, coming up here, guys, two weeks from today, 2023 NFL draft right around the corner. Any last final parting thoughts? Anything you guys are hearing? Any latest rumors or buzz or smoke we got to sift through here? Anything going on in the NFL draft? draft world before we wrap up uh i i guess there's only like a 60 percent chance that the houston texans will take cj stroud if that's that's you know crazy Young goes one. is it cj like, stroud or a quarterback in general they're saying now i mean my my read of the rumor is that they would select a non-quarterback at two or trade out for somebody to select a quarterback that they are not committed to any quarterback aside from bryce young is is the rumor you know who knows right but that's the that's kind of the the read on it, and Latest. that's going to make it life difficult kind of for the Cardinals who also want to trade out from three. Right. That one's no, that's a great point. Yeah, point. yeah, that's and a then, great and point. Then what, they just chill at twelve and hope like Will Levis falls or whatever. Yeah, oh, I mean, or they could trade up to like eight or something. Yeah, right? or I guess nine. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, move up for him if it's if you get worried. Yeah, like I'm trying to figure out who the market for the number two overall pick is. It could be the Colts, but aside from that, definitely could be the Colts. I don't know that there are. Many. I don't know. Do There's... we think the Raiders want a quarterback? I don't know. I, mean... I maybe, but I just I feel like Jimmy it was kind of a I, uh, kind of a commitment. Yeah, <laughs> they, so they committed to 
enough of Jimmy where I feel like they expect it to be. Yeah, yeah ev- everybody that, throws, uh, you know, Vegas in these mock drafts, trading up to two yeah. or three or whatever. I just and it, don't and really it sounds see like it. Atlanta's just like not feeling it. I don't know. I Maybe don't they get all get that either. I just so don't get like that. Up, but like, Tennessee seems to be the hottest team right now. Just it's, today, it's sitting here today. Like Tennessee, Tennessee is the team that least needs to trade up out of all the teams that we talked about. Right. But it seems like more people are connecting them to a trade up for a quarterback than any of those other teams, right? Like Atlanta, I think, I makes think a lot maybe of sense. the the Austin Fort connection is driving people a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I'm wondering, love to be a fly in the wall in those Carolina war room meetings, just because Frank Reich typically six foot four or higher, six foot four or taller. Those are all his quarterbacks. Bryce Young, the consensus number one quarterback. I think that's safe to say, but again, just doesn't fit the profile that Frank Reich really desires or goes after. So if they I'd know really Houston love for that to happen, him, though, just to break the profile type scouting that we typically I, and I agree with that. I, I think that. I, I think it'd be interesting though if it would be if the Panthers pulled a Rick Spielman a la the 2012 draft, I want to say where they basically sold the Browns on that somehow Trent mm-hmm. Richard, Trenton Richardson was going to get taken. So the Browns move up from four to three and yeah, they get like a fifth, six and seventh, like not a huge deal, but still like you just gave us three, yeah, three picks, just stealing value, just yeah. stealing yeah. value, free value. Sure. Why not? And see if they can't get the Houston Texans to swap picks and move up just one spot um, at the end of the day. I love uh, that. That'd be, so cool. Do, would that not be great? That would um, be such a trade up to one and then get basically all of that. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Oh, that would be awesome. Last thing as we wrap up, one of the biggest wild card predictions when trying to figure out where this guy's going to go, yet we all know he's a top five talent, B. John Robinson. Give me your final guess here and then we'll get out of here. Final guess. Where do you think B. John Robinson ends up going? He's so hard to figure out in mock drafts because That's what the I'm saying. teams. So kind tough. of near the top that need a running back or not teams that typically invest that kind of pick in a running back. Philly right. Comes Philly. To mind, not, right? not that team. Uh, right. And, but you feel weird putting him at like 28, 29 or whatever. Right? right. And so it's like, I guess we'll do a trade up. Right. So I could see the chargers doing it. Right. Because uh, Eckler wants out. That's if I remember correctly. Right. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of people are connected Bijan to the bills. I don't know if they have enough ammo for it. I have connected Bijan to the bills in a trade up. Um, but the trade-up was like to 23, right? To the Vikings. So it's like really difficult to figure out if there's a team in the middle rounds, like I guess like, or in the middle part of the round, I guess you could say, you know, the Buccaneers, right? If they're not going to totally. get it. That's what I was going to say. Totally. You, know, you might as well give them Bijan. They got FOMO. That, they missed out on Dalvin Cook, yep. uh, you know, however right. many years ago. They got FOMO. They didn't want to do it again. They can still yeah. have him. <laughs> yeah, hey. You want him, by the way? Yeah. They yeah, can rectify can. that. Yeah. 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 It doesn't even have to be I, that. Yeah. I, I, I see right. Tampa making a move for a running back in, in some capacity in this draft, whether it's Bijan or whether it's trading for someone, uh, one of the many running backs that are out there on the training trade market. I see them doing something good. Derek Henry's out there. (laughs) Devin cooks out there. Uh, Maybe Joe Mixon is out. there. I was going to say the Bengals really intrigue me. here. The Bengals really intrigue me. It sounds like Joe. The Bengals have been talking about a lot. And, and they're in like the a Super Bengals Bowl guys. window right now. So they, you know, they could maybe justify getting an instant impact, high volume offensive weapon like Bijan Robinson in round one. I could yeah. see that. I don't know. Typically, again, just their draft history like and tendencies. Drafting running backs. Lair. What's that? Just like the Chiefs with Clyde Edwards. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Dude. Yeah. 
Absolutely. All right, guys, that's a wrap today. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode of the Football Party on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. We're a podcast, too, free and available all platforms. Subscribe, drop us that five-star review, and find us now streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look up for and download our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Arifasan Pro Football Network on Twitter, at Arifasan NFL. Luke Braun, check him out every day on Lockdown. On Vikings. He's on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. We're back Monday with another episode of the Football Party, part of the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network for a reef, the two Lukes. Until next time, signing out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.